I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Yes, it's Friday, which means movies. Niall O'Brien is here as always. And we have a very special guest this week. Delighted to welcome IFTA award-winning writer-director Darren Thornton with us as well. How are we both doing this morning, or this afternoon at this stage? Hi, guys. Good. I'm very well. Yeah, very excited to have a, a special guest. Yes, Darren, you're there. You are. I am here, yeah. Fantastic here. to have you both with us today. Now, Niall, you better explain what we're going to do here, first of all, in terms of the mystery voice and all of that. Okay, well, regular listeners will know that every week we ask you to identify the actor's voice from a clip. It's usually not them in a film. It's them in an interview. Uh, Today's, I think, is pretty easy. Very easy. Uh, It's always tied into one of the films that we're going to be talking about. And I thought it was apropos that we uh, I chose a clip that uh, she she was talking about Mother's Day because it's coming up. So here's your reminder, everybody who's forgotten Mother's Day is coming up. <laughs> yeah. OK, this is very easy. Uh, if you do know the answer to the actor's voice, uh, please let us know on 086-1800-658. OK, here we go. This is, of course, the Mother's Day show. And in fact, my daughter is in the audience tonight. Yeah. <laughs> to her, to her, I'd just like to say... Sorry. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm sorry. I'm, just, I'm really sorry. I blanket, sorry. Um, as she knows, sometimes it can be hard to decipher what our mothers are in fact saying. They do speak in code. <laughs> I love it. Very easy. If you know the answer, 086-1800-658, please. Now, I'm just going to chat to Darren, first of all, because Darren, it is great to have you on Real Reviews. I have to say that you're a multi-IFTA award-winning uh, writer-director at this stage. I mean, I think the entire town of Drogheda was just so proud of you and Colin when A Date for Mad Mary won Best Film at the IFTAs. Now, I know that you're not somebody that lets that kind of thing go to your head, but do you polish the IFTA? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. It seems like a lifetime ago now. Honestly, I think we're. It's like a the the idea that we won something for making films at this point seems like such a distant memory. Like we're generally we're just sort of whatever's in front of us kind of thing. So it's usually just you know the, the agony of trying to write the next script and stuff like that, rather than uh, polishing you know, it back and feeling great about the awards. <laughs> Occasionally, like somebody will mention, I was like, oh yeah, that was great. That happens, but uh, it's usually. Um, you know, just the struggle of getting the next thing made. I know, and this is the thing, because I was going to ask you, you know, awards like this are great, but do they open doors for the next project? That's the next question, you know? I, I mean, I, I don't think, I mean, I guess if you win an Oscar or something, I'm sure it does open quite a lot of doors, but no, I mean, generally not, like, is probably my experience of it. It's just like, it's a nice thing and it's cool for like a week or two and then it's, you know, 
it's on the mantelpiece or in a box somewhere. It's back to the next thing. Now, you, uh, COVID has put a massive spanner in the, in the works in terms of just the film industry in general. And for you, you know, your plans are very much on hold. But you have been busy as well because I'm delighted to say that you're back working in your hometown on a really great community film that I had the pleasure of watching last night. I really enjoyed it. There's some real laugh out moments in there and some real kind of teary moments in this as well. Tell me about Inside Out. Um, so basically, yeah, I mean, last last summer and stuff, we we had been planning to shoot a feature film in September, and so I guess like everybody else, it, you know, best laid plans uh, grind to a halt and stuff, and we so we kind of found ourselves not really having anything to do for a period of time, and, and uh, I at the time was sort of listening to a lot of news and you know, like everybody just hearing the discussion about like a lot of journalists and a lot of politicians talking about young people and the elderly and what was what was needed for them, what was important uh, for them and how they were experiencing this moment and stuff like that. But we weren't really hearing directly from them. And so it just kind of became curious about what their experience was like. And I thought it would be interesting if, like, you know, teenagers sat down to have a conversation with older people who were, who were a stranger to them, but they were able to just kind of talk openly about what they're feeling and what they're thinking. And so that was the genesis of it. And then at that point, when we started to plan it, the, the um, restrictions had been lifted and stuff, so we were planning to do it in person. But then by the time we started to film, the, the restrictions were back in place. We had to do it uh, across uh, Zoom as a sort of a Zoom project, which at that point, obviously, everybody had been... Yeah, so yeah, used to this. ...didn't want to do it, yeah. So, um, so that was what it ended up. We just sort of filmed these serious conversations and uh, sort of sewed a narrative together from the conversations. Yeah, it's it's very much, you know, reflecting this collective moment of lockdown we're in. And I think it's important, you know, for art to capture important times like this. Like even from a historical point of view, it's very important. Yeah, I think so. And I think actually the fact that it is on Zoom and that the technology is such a major part of the film and, and even just the awkwardness of that technology and the way in which people are, you know, people are trying to hear other people, <laughs> why hear this interference on the line, the internet goes down. All of those things are so much about the moment that we're in right now. And so, and so I think when, when we look, hopefully when we look back on this in, you know, another decade or two decades, and, you know, if we watch the film again, it'll really have captured something that's very specific at this time, you know, both in terms of the way that people are feeling about themselves and about, the, you know, being under lockdown and stuff, and also just in terms of the, the technology that we may, used to, to make the film. Absolutely. Now, I'm just going to give people a little flavour of this. I did play this on yesterday's show as well, but just to give people a little idea of what to expect tonight, here's a little teaser trailer of Inside Out. So hi, Joan. How are you? Hi, I'm Sive. Lovely to meet you. Hello. Hello, Victoria. Hi, Shadow. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. I'm 95 years of age. We should talk louder. Yeah, I'll speak a bit louder for you, yeah? Am I keeping well? I'll ask you a question. If you've done it, you say yes. If you haven't, just say no. And then um, if you say yes, I'll probably ask you to elaborate on it. Have you ever gone mountain climbing? No. Have you ever owned a pet? No. Have you ever ridden a motorcycle? No. Um, a lot of people get annoyed at us when we're like with our friends and stuff as well. I feel like I scroll a lot of social media. That doesn't really mean anything. I have vertigo very bad. Oh, no, yeah. 
it. I loved him as well. The 95 year old there that we just yeah, heard yeah. at the at the very end. Joe, he's lovely. Um, were you surprised by you know how well the young and old got on together? Because initially I was going, oh God, this is going to be a bit now. Oh, I don't know if it's going to work. You know, <laughs> I was kind of thinking they weren't going to connect, but it was quite surprising. Yeah, it was surprising. I mean, I I think one of the funny things is that I when in going into it, I wasn't sure that it you know that all of the interviews would work. So I I you know I figured I, I, I shot nine interviews in the end, and it was really and originally just for a ten minute piece. I mean, that was what we got the funding for to do a very very short little project. Uh, but I was I, I, being over cautious, and I thought I'll 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 shoot nine interviews, and then I'll probably just use two or three of them. But all of the interviews were so compelling and so interesting and, and uh, they all had sort of similar treads and different issues were coming up and stuff like that that I just couldn't let go of any of them so I had to include all of them in the film but uh, there was so much like we ended up with about nine hours of, of um, material of really really good material um, and then having to try to whittle that down to to, to uh, what it's 26 minutes now of, of the best stuff and uh, that was quite difficult, but um, yeah, I was really surprised. I didn't expect the the um, that all of the conversations would be as compelling as they were and as funny as they were. Yeah, because even yeah, there's some great ones. I won't. I don't want to ruin too much for people because it is. It's it's tonight. The premiere is tonight. Are there places left people can still book? They can. Yes. Yeah, as far as I, know, I mean, I think it's if people want to go on to the Drihad Art Centre YouTube page. Yep. It's on YouTube premiere tonight on. Uh, the Druid Art Centre's YouTube page at 8pm and it's free. There's no um, charge for it. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, they can also access it through the Druid Art Centre's Facebook or the Druid Art Centre's Instagram. Okay, so it's completely free. Look, people, you're at home. You're not doing anything. Jump on. And later on as well, myself and yourself, Darren, we'll have a bit more of an in-depth chat as well after the movie. Uh, so yeah. tonight, 8pm. Now, we have to bring Niall back in because, Niall, we were looking. Now, this is what we do every week, Darren. You see, there's nothing happening. There's no cinema. So we've come up with an inventive plan where we essentially have 100. Well, Niall has a list of 100 of the best movies to watch on Netflix and we're making our way through them. So Late Night was our film last week. Niall. What did we think? Yes. Well, uh, well, I'll give a little kind of uh, uh, a setup, I suppose, yes. and then I'll hear what you think. Okay. So this is Late Night from 2019, uh, directed by Min and written by Mindy Kaling. And this is actually a film that we reviewed on uh, Real Reviews when it was in the cinema back then. So that's how, you know, how we are. And I remember because Ross Leahy, formerly of, of this parish, we had been doing it for a couple of months and you had given us numbers. You said, I can't. I can't be bothered remembering your names, so I'm just going to give you numbers you're yep. one and two. <laughs> so, um, so this is based on Mindy Kaling's experiences when she was the only uh, woman in the writer's room of the office. And uh, it's basically about uh, a late night TV host played by Emma Thompson. And her ratings are kind of on the, on the downslide. She's been doing it for a long time. She's pretty iconic. Um, and uh, basically she, she needs to hire a woman for her writer's room and um, she hires Mindy Kaling and it kind of it doesn't ups, it upsets things in a good way I yes. suppose so we have we have a little clip yep. here of it okay here we go Here's this is from Late Night uh, if I may I just want to say it is such an honour to meet you Miss Newberry I'm Chris Reynolds uh, my name is Eugene Mancuso and when my parents got divorced this show I don't show... know who any of you are I don't know who any of them are um, oh, well, uh, Tom, I'm, I'm Tom. I, uh, I write the monologue. 
I'm actually the youngest monologue writer in the history of the show. No, 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 I don't care. No? Okay. Do you know what? I'm not going to remember any of this, so here's what we're going to do. Um, you're one, two, three, four. Hi, Catherine. Oh, Birdit, thank God. How's your baby? She's 27. Her baby's doing well. She's just started preschool. She's, uh... Never mind. I, do, I don't want to know. I don't know why I asked, actually. You're five, six, seven. That's what I'm going to call you all from now on. It's just easier. Are we allowed to call each other by our own names? Just, just learn the numbers, Reynolds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, two. Yeah. Can one and I switch? I'm, I'm just, I'm the most senior writer. <laughs> I'm getting Brilliant. flashbacks. I really uh, no, th- this is what we do, Darren. I'm sure you see this on the set as well. You know, one and two, it's easy. You know, it's easier to remember than yeah. people's names, yeah? For sure. Absolutely. <laughs> That's exactly how it works. <laughs> <laughs> now, look, at I, I connect, you know what I mean, very much with Emma Thompson's character here. You know, the business is precarious. One day you could be presenting on time, uh, prime time. The next is the boss is calling you in to have a chat about how right ratings are failing. Which does remind me, Niall, that we should have a chat after this. Uh, so just, you know, <laughs> put, put, that in, oh. put that into your diary. Touché, my right. friend, touché. Uh, I loved this, right? I did. I, I really enjoyed this. Um, I loved how, you know, in, in America, in, in late night TV, it's very much dominated by men. You know, but here we have the king of late night TV being a queen, which I just loved. Uh, she's, fa- although, you know, she is failing in the ratings, but it's an incredibly accurate portrayal of, I think, sexism in the industry. You know, I mean, the very idea that a woman could be funnier and not just that a woman of colour could be funnier than all the white men in the room is uh, something tells me Mindy Kaling is, uh, you know, writing from experience here. But I loved that idea. And and uh, I thought that there was no kind of dancing around the issue that she's the diversity hire, you know, when she comes in first. Um, I thought the two were great. Emma Thompson and, and Mindy Kaling, absolutely brilliant. But Mindy Kaling is the star in my eyes in this. Uh, very funny, charming, loved it. I thought it was a really, really feel-good movie with sort of a, a kind of well-written, subversive, you know, commentary underneath it. Uh, so I'm going to say a four star from me. Okay. I liked it too. I, I went to see it. I remember back in the when it when it opened in the cinema on the on the the day it opened. Actually, so I was so excited to sort of uh, see it because it kind of reminded me of of those movies from the nineties or something. Like it felt like a throwback to yeah. um, films you don't really see in the cinema anymore. And it's, and it's quite unusual that it came out at a time where they still were. I think Amazon made it, so it came out at a time where they were still uh, putting you know movies like this in into the cinema and stuff. And so it was uh, so it was good to just see a film that wasn't you know, superheroes and, you know, something that was different with movie stars in it on, on uh, cinema. Screen. Yeah. Um, and I really liked that part. I, I wasn't, from my memory now, what I thought it kind of lost a bit of uh, momentum or something at the end or it didn't feel like it went in, like the idea of the, the sexism stuff was really great and really well mm. written and really well observed, but I thought then at the end that it became slightly more rote or something. Like, again, it's been a while since I've seen it or it didn't, kind of have like a Devil Wears Prada or something style kind of end to it or something anyway a little bit more voice yeah, yeah yeah I know what you're saying yeah you that's probably I mean? where it is. it just falls down slightly for me but I think it's a solid yeah. four star you know yeah definitely yeah I'd agree with that I really enjoyed it like I Ross reviewed it when, it when we talked about it when it came out in the cinema and he really enjoyed it I think he was blindsided a little bit I thought he was going in to see a certain type of film and then was really uh, impressed by it and I was really impressed it's been on my to watch list for a long time so I was glad I got a chance to see it and it does tackle like 
ageism, sexism, mm. privilege, racism, all of this stuff. I have to say, now there's a line in this film that says there's no such thing as a guilty pleasure. There's just a pleasure. But one of my pleasures is a sitcom that Mindy Kaling wrote oh, yeah. and uh, produced called The Mindy Project. And there is a lot in common. If you like this film, I would say I would recommend you go and see uh, The Mindy Project because um, there there is a lot in common of it. But, but it's really good. But Emma Thompson is fantastic in this. Yeah. Coming away from this, I was going, why is Emma Thompson not in every film that I watch <laughs> because she is great and they have great chemistry I think the two of them and she's quite prickly the character um, you know Emma Thompson's character but you do end up just going seeing because she's just unrelentingly clever and smart and she she holds herself to I think a higher standard and stuff like that but then maybe doesn't live up to it as we all don't hold up to the standards we might hold ourselves to. Yeah, totally. It's also quite, have you guys ever heard of um, Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that. I love it. Yeah, the uh, Aaron Sorkin. Yeah. yeah. Kind of similar to that, to the writer's room uh, tension and stuff that they covered in that show too, which is quite good. It's kind of an underrated one though. It's never, it's never really... Sort of People don't don't talk about it a lot. Yeah, I always I always am a little bit wary about you know are people do people want to see behind the scenes stuff about movies and TV shows and things like yes, that or is it just people who are in? Okay, yeah, but sometimes yeah, you kind of think it's just people who are involved in them, like baseball or something. There. Yeah, yeah. 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 But those, that's that's a great recommend as well, uh, Studio 60. Uh, so what but are we next doing week? for next week? Yes, you've got number 98 So you on have chosen 98. Yeah. And this is a new entry to the list. Okay. Because the list is always evolving, always changing. <laughs> and this is Moxie. And Moxie. this is directed okay. by Amy Poehler, who we're big, we're big fans of. Yes. Amy Poehler from SNL. And it's based on a 2015 novel of the same name. And it's about a... Uh, a teenager, a shy teenager who is inspired by her mother's rebellious past to uh, to publish uh, an anonymous zine in her school calling out kind of sexism and things like that. So I think it fits in quite well to Late Night and Mother's Day and all of those Okay, lovely, lovely. Okay, so just very quickly then, you have some TV recommendations for the weekend for me. I do, yes. Uh, tonight, if you're not watching The Late Late Show, at uh, 25 to 10 on RT2, The Butcher Boy from fantastic. 1997, Neil Jordan's uh, fantastic film. And then tomorrow night, uh, BBC2 really has it sewn up for me. At a quarter to 10, there's a documentary called Billy in Search of Billy Holiday, which uh, came out in 2019. Apparently, it's great. I I really am interested in that artist and learning more about her troubled life. And that's followed then by Whiplash at half 10 on BBC Two as well. So that's a good double bill for you. And then Sunday, if you just want to put your feet up and watch telly from about half one on RT1 for the entire afternoon, Dr. Zhivago from 1965. It's a long one, but if if you've not seen it, it's it's a luscious, fantastic film by David Lean. I'd really recommend it. Fantastic. Listen, as always, Niall, thank you for jam-packed Real Reviews. Darren, very much looking forward to the premiere tonight. Thank you so much for joining me on the show. Thank you. Thanks, Sinead. Thank you very much. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.